How do you explain your PTSD diagnosis? I can help. Come on in. Let's talk about it. My name is Leah Huggins. I'm a wife, a mother, and a proud U.S. Navy veteran. After two tours to Iraq, my husband was diagnosed with PTSD. My world spiraled out of control as fear, anxiety, doubt, and depression took over. I gave my life to Christ, took on a new mindset, and let go of the negativity of my past. I now help wives to find healing, encouragement, and strategy to overcome the effects of PTSD on their daily lives and in their marriage. So come on in and let's talk about it. Welcome to Marriage, Motherhood, and PTSD. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Marriage, Motherhood, and PTSD. This is the place where we empower women to support their spouse through PTSD without losing themselves in the process. I'm your host, Coach Leah, and I'm so glad that you joined us today. All right, we've got a good topic for you today. We're talking about how to explain your PTSD diagnosis to others or how to explain your spouse's PTSD diagnosis. Now, I want to come at this from a couple different angles, okay? Because there's going to be a few times in life that you are going to have to explain what is going on either with yourself or with your spouse. But there's a way to do that without exposing too much of yourself or your personal business before you're ready to do that. The main group that I want to focus on is going to be your family, your spouse, and your children. And this is because they are your support system. These are the people that are closest to you and the ones that will be most affected by what's happening to you. So one thing I always stand on, uh, something that I always say, PTSD affects the whole house. And it's important that your family knows what's going on so that they will be able to navigate through life with the family member that has a diagnosis of PTSD. So I want you to take a moment and think about how PTSD has affected your life, all right? Whether it's yours or your spouse's, even your child for that matter, how has that diagnosis affected your everyday life, all right? I'm gonna be very honest. In my experience, PTSD has been very disruptive, all right? It's done its part in straining relationships and pulling us further and further apart, you know, not just as husband and wife, but as a family, Even when the kids were little, they would pick up on the drama that we had and they would quickly make their way to their rooms. And after that, they just stayed in their rooms. So then we were not spending as much time together as a family. Resentment can begin to build not only in the kids, but in us as well. It's it's because we're dealing with issues that are outside of PTSD on top of the additional issues that PTSD cause. I'll say it again. PTSD is not the cause of all the problems in your relationship. A lot of times the problems are not necessarily related to PTSD, but because part of PTSD is having trouble in regulating your emotions. A lot of times the response that you get seems much worse than what the situation calls for. And before you know it, you're in the middle of yet another horrible argument where the worst things are being said and nothing's being resolved. Outside of that, along with PTSD comes depression and anxiety. You may find that you or your spouse or your loved one may lose interest in doing the things that once brought them joy. You may find that you don't want to hang out anymore, or you may even develop some sort of social anxiety where you find that being outside and away from your comfort zone makes you super uncomfortable. So you just end up staying to yourself and not socializing. And this can lead to isolation and loneliness. All right, that's that's a whole nother topic. 
when you isolate yourself, you put yourself right where the enemy wants you. And that can make you very vulnerable. Self-medication or self-soothing tactics can lead to harmful behaviors and even addiction. And all that does is to make matters worse and strain the relationship. And it pulls families apart. And yet the cycle continues. Now, let me make a quick side note here. All right. Part of supporting your spouse through their PTSD is being a champion for them and for their cause. So what do I mean by that? I am a defender for my husband. When he hurts, I hurt. So there was a time when he was going through an emotional crisis and I just couldn't go to work because I had to stay home and make sure that he was all right. There was a real and present danger there of self-harm and I wasn't going to leave him in the house alone just to go to work. And I actually got a little bit of pushback from my supervisors. What it boiled down to was the fact that they felt like, you know, this is a grown man. He should be able to care for himself. And I had to explain to them that a diagnosis of a mental health condition is the same thing as a diagnosis for any other physical health condition. In the fact that if a person becomes incapacitated and unable to care for themselves, they need someone there to help them out. You know, if your child had Crohn's disease, it's fair to say that there will be some good days and some bad days. And sometimes on those bad days, you know, that child may require some assistance. You are the spouse. That's what you're supposed to do. A health condition is a health condition. OK, whether it's mental or physical. So I had to fight for him and my right to take off work to care for him. Now, today, because there's so much attention on mental health, you don't have to do that as much. Just know that as a wife, you are a defender and you're a champion for your spouse. All right. But I don't want to get sidetracked. All right. Let's let's stay on topic. So our focus today is to talk about how to have the conversation with your family about what's going on with you and your spouse and how things got to this point. What you need to know is that you can't have a conversation about PTSD without first having a conversation about the trauma that caused it. It's not about explaining the PTSD. It's really about explaining what you've been through and how it's affected you to this point. This can be painful. And if it's not done right, it can open up some old wounds and cause new pain and new hurt on top of what you're already dealing with. And this is the reason that you want to be very careful and very selective about what you choose to share with others about your condition. This is your personal business. You choose how much you want to disclose. You don't have to do it all at once. It can turn out that it may be too much for you to handle and you may become re-traumatized, especially if you try to do it all in one sitting. A simple rule is just don't talk about it until you're ready to talk about it. And then when you're ready, do it at your own pace. Don't let anyone force you into giving details that you aren't ready to share. It's your story to tell. You are in control. So you do it at the rate and at the pace that you feel comfortable doing it. And when you're having the conversation with them and the conversation gets uncomfortable, like if they're, they start asking questions that you're not ready to answer, you just simply let them know, I'm not ready to deal with that part of the story. You know, I'll share it with you when I get ready. All right. Now, in all transparency with my family, we never really sat down and had an actual conversation, you know, especially not at first because we didn't even know what we were dealing with. There was no real explanation with us. I mean, it, it was obvious, you know, that he had been going through something because after all, my husband had been to war. 
twice. Okay. And when he came back from Iraq the first time, you know, we knew that there was something that was wrong. Something was off about him and he knew it too. You know, it started simple. It was the pacing back and forth. He would pace all the time. And then his sleep schedule was off and he wasn't getting the rest that he needed. And over time, I began to see the change in his behavior, the excessive drinking, the explosive outbursts, you know, throwing stuff, breaking it. We've seen holes punched in the wall, all kind of stuff. <laughs> We've seen it all. And eventually I had to start explaining this behavior to the kids. And let me tell you something. Kids are smart. Children are smart. They know and they understand much more than we give them credit for. They just understand it at their own level. But don't think that they don't know what's going on because they're little. All right. So I had to start explaining things to the kids. And I really felt like they were being exposed to things that they should not have been exposed to at such a young age. All right. Don't give children more than they can handle. Keep it PG-13 or lighter than that, because you don't want to expose them to things before their time. All right. We used to sing this song in Sunday school that says, oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. I mean, the bottom line is that you have to let a child be a child because the things that they see and experience as a child can affect them in their adulthood. So you have to be careful to protect your children. So overall, our initial reaction wasn't, oh, there's something wrong. Let's go get help. <laughs> Instead, it was just a period where I knew that things weren't going great in our home and our relationship and none of us were happy. And in talking about it now, looking back, you know, he brought up another point that back in the military, a lot of people just didn't go for help because there was this fear of being found not fit for duty, which means that you would be discharged. So that means you lose your job. And he said they were putting people out left and right during that time. And he didn't want to give them any excuse to do that because this was his livelihood. So again, we swept it under the rug and he didn't get the help that he needed in that moment. Now, to be honest, you know, back then I really didn't have an understanding of what PTSD was um, or what it meant to have it. You know, so the explanation to the kids was usually, oh, dad's been drinking his grown up juice. You know, you know what happens. You know how it does. So what I was really doing was justifying the behavior and covering it up and sweeping it under the rug. Like we've never addressed the elephant in the room and called it what it was. There was a reason, you know, that he was drinking so much and why he was so explosive and so destructive. And it was because he was hurting. Now, for my husband, it wasn't just the war that traumatized him. Let's just say, you know, life for him ain't been no crystal stair. Okay. It hasn't been easy. He faced a lot of things that he shouldn't have had to face as a child. And if you compound that along with the things that he saw, you know, the things that he witnessed, what he experienced over there in Iraq, you know, there's nightmares. He's having nightmares about the things that he saw in real life. He was in emotional distress and I didn't know how to deal with it. So when the PTSD diagnosis came, we were already not in a good place and it really didn't register to me that I could be a part of his healing. That came with me working on myself and improving myself and diving deeper into my faith and strengthening my relationship with God. But before that, you know, it was pretty bad. <laughs> I guess it would be safe to say that at that time, the focus was more on how to get through each day. Like, how do I survive in this environment? Now, at the time I was immature and I figured that everything would be fixed, you know, once he finally got himself together and changed his ways. <laughs> I thought he was the problem, but the truth is he wasn't. And over time, what I learned is that the enemy was not my husband. 
Instead, the enemy was the trauma that he had experienced throughout his life because that was affecting him and making him behave the way that he was behaving. It took some time, but eventually we put the pieces together. So like I said, we never had an actual sit down conversation where we discussed exactly what was happening with him. You know, we never sat down with the kids and never sat down with each other. It was more of a learn as you go type of process. You know, I started noticing the people, the places, the things that set him off, you know, whatever triggered him. And I started taking note of the things that helped and the things that didn't help. (laughs) like, no, don't do that again, girl. (laughs) Don't say that no more. You know, so in a sense, I was studying him and getting to know him and what made him tick. And while I was learning that, you know, I was getting deeper in my faith and stronger in the understanding of the word. And I was learning how to apply it to my life. And when you're in the process of getting closer to God, he'll start showing you things, you know, and he'll give you a better understanding and a revelation of how the things apply to you. All right. He'll show you what's at the heart of the issue that you're having, and then he'll give you a strategy on how to deal with them. My kids learned about the condition over time, you know, not just a one time conversation. Like I said, it was over time. We were open with them. And if they asked a question, we would explain it to them, you know, on their level in a way that they can understand it. And they were smart. So they started putting the pieces together and learning from what they knew, you know, and what they learned at school or at church or or maybe from something that they were watching around the house. So these days, there is much more open conversation and such a push in the media about mental health that you can't help but learn about it. Okay, (laughs) so when you learn about something, you can actually apply it to your situation. So that is a big help. And I applaud that today. Between movies and TV and social media and podcasts and blogs, you know, everybody's talking about it. And this makes it so much easier to find information about it and to have compassion for the people that are experiencing it and to find ways to help them cope and to heal from it. Help is literally at your fingertips. By the time my diagnosis of PTSD came around, we were already familiar with the topic. All right. So we knew what to do. And my kids were older. So once again, there was no need to sit down and have a conversation. You know, I knew that I was supported just as my husband was supported. Have you checked out the PTSD Wives Handbook? This book is for the wife whose spouse has survived trauma and is now navigating through mood swings, flashbacks and mishandled emotions. PTSD can create a toxic home environment and cause a divide in the closest and most meaningful relationships. As a caretaker, the PTSD wife is finding herself at the receiving end of anger, aggression, and constant negativity. This can create a personal, mental, and spiritual health crisis for her. In this book, Coach Leah uncovers the hidden wounds of trauma and the effects that it can have on your relationship. Based on biblical principles, she teaches you the tools and resources that are needed to handle stressful situations and to seek help from the Lord and foster a deeper relationship with Him. By reading this book and putting the principles into action, you're going to learn how to take control of your life and grab hold of the power that lies within. Grab your copy of the PTSD Wives Handbook today by clicking the link in the show notes. Now, back to the show.
now that I'm doing this show, we have more conversations, you know, about the effect that trauma has had on our lives. And it's easier to talk about and we can relate better to one another because we can understand where the other one is coming from. Not that you already know everything about your spouse, because marriage is a constant uncovering and process of discovery. You'll never fully know all there is to know about your spouse, because as people, we're always changing. We're always evolving and growing as we progress in life. You may never get a full understanding of your trauma and the circumstances that are surrounding it, you know, but you can definitely master the symptoms that you deal with. Learn to recognize when trauma is showing up in your life and how it manifests. The key is to keep working on you. As you continue to work on yourself, the more will be revealed to you. And from that, you can develop a strategy and overcome and attack it head on. It's all about identifying your triggers and learning how to navigate through them and then working together to overcome the effects of that trauma on your life. Now, let's get down to the things that you actually should do when you're ready to explain that PTSD diagnosis. As I said before, only share what you are comfortable sharing. Okay, don't let anyone talk you out of your comfort zone when it comes to dealing with your trauma. Again, you can make yourself vulnerable again to the things that you may have already healed from. It's like picking a scab and opening a wound up all over again. Be vocal about how much you're willing to share. Ask them to give you space when appropriate and when needed. And don't talk about it until you're ready. When you're dealing with children, be sure to explain it to them on a level that they can understand. You want to be age appropriate. All right. Now, don't keep secrets because that can be damaging as well. They need to know the things that they need to guard themselves against as they get older. Family spirits do carry on through the generations if nobody puts a stop to it. As a parent, you are the first line of defense for your child. And so you need to slay all the dragons before they become of age and they're able to fight them on their own. So another thing you want to do is to explain your symptoms. All right. Be honest and tell them what you've been feeling what you've been experiencing. Nine times out of 10, they've already noticed that something's wrong or that something's off. Sometimes they're just scared to say it and may just be waiting on you to bring it up. I can remember having a very vivid vision about my husband, you know, permanently harming himself. You know, in my mind, I saw the bedroom and it looked like a crime scene. But when I actually got in there, you know, everything was fine and it was just like I had left it. But a few days later, you know, my husband and I were talking and he told me that he sat on the edge of the bed with a a gun that he had borrowed and it was in his hand and he contemplated taking his life. And it would have been just like I had envisioned it. But God, okay, that's why it's important that you have to share with your loved ones what you're feeling, especially if those thoughts of self-harm come to mind or even about harming someone else. That's not a sickness. That's a demon. But that's another conversation for another episode. (laughs) That's a safety issue, not just for you, but for your family. Now, I'm not a gun person, but my husband is. All right. He has quite a few. And there has been a few times where he has been in a bad place and he bought the gun to me. You know, he doesn't even have to say anything. If he walks up and puts it in my hand, I know what I have to do. I know that I have to remove it and find someplace else to keep it so that it's safe and that he is safe. You know, there's a period of time where I didn't want him having any gun or any rifle in the house. You know, he likes to hunt, you know, and I I made him take it and give it away to a friend, you know, because quite honestly, there were times where I feared for safety. 
And I thank God that, you know, there was never a time that, you know, our children were ever in danger. But not only that, if you have young children in the house, you definitely want to keep any weapons stored away safely and out of reach. The Bible says that two are better than one because when one falls down, the other can lift him up. You got to talk to them. You got to tell them what you struggle with so they can hold you up. Tell them what your weakness is as well as your strengths. The more they know, the better they can help you and they can fight for you in prayer and in action. Also, it helps to tell them how their strengths can help you. So if your spouse is good at calming you down and bringing you back to reality, then you have to let them know that because that is something that can help you. That is a strength that they have that can help you in your situation. You have to make them a part of the process. Why? Again, because two is better than one. The goal is to build trust and increase intimacy in your relationship. Another thing you need to do is to be sure to establish your boundaries. Some things I know not to talk about with my husband until he gives me the all clear sign to do so. (laughs) Okay. Some things are painful for him, even after the threat of danger is long gone. If I'm not careful, I can send him right back to that place of pain. So I respect his boundaries and come in only where I'm invited by him. One thing you may want to consider is to be ready for their response, because in all honesty, it may not be what you're expecting. All right. They may even reject the fact that you're going through a mental battle. You know, I'm sure that many of you can attest to that. It's not easy to be a spouse on the other side of PTSD. All right. Everyone is not equipped to handle that kind of pressure and responsibility. Not everyone is equipped to put up with the things that a PTSD spouse goes through. You got to be patient with them. And on the other end of that, when you're talking with your spouse about, you know, some trauma that you've experienced, you you really want to think about how they would react to some things. There's some things that would not be wise to share with your spouse because you know exactly how they're going to (laughs) react. If you know that they're going to go after that person. Nah, sis, (laughs) you you may need to keep that quiet for the safety of others involved. Okay, that protection is for your spouse as well. The moral of that lesson is that, you know, everyone can't handle your truth. All right. Especially if you have a husband like mine and ain't trying to hear nothing about nobody hurting his wife or kids. Okay, (laughs) he's a protector and he will come after everybody. All right. (laughs) So I have to be wise about what I share with him and how I share it. So here's another tip. I would advise your spouse to guard themselves because they can end up picking up some of that same spirit of fear and anger and depression, and they'll end up having to fight their way out of it as well. You have to work together to take charge of your health. Get active together. That's something basic that can benefit you both. Spend time together by taking a walk or going to the gym or exercising, even go on a date night and just spend time together. It can all help to fight the effects of PTSD. All right. And never underestimate the power of intimacy. It has benefits both physically and mentally. All right. It's a win-win situation over here. Okay. (laughs) It's really important that you encourage them to learn more about trauma and PTSD and how you may be affected by them. The more you know, the better and the more equipped you'll be to deal with it. And last but not least, the family that prays together, what? They stay together. As with anything, cast your cares on him for he cares with you. 
Don't be anxious for anything, but with prayer and supplication, make your requests made known to God and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. All right. All right. So for today's coaching moment, I just want you to take time this week to educate yourself on PTSD. You know, whether it's you that has the diagnosis or your spouse or your loved one, whoever it is, one of the best ways to show your love to yourself and to others is to actually take time to understand them and get an understanding of what they may be going through. So I want you to read some articles, maybe find a book. You can watch some videos on YouTube or find a podcast to listen to. All right. Look up some information about what they may be experiencing, like symptoms like, you know, going through depression or anxiety or maybe a struggle that they're having with a substance abuse problem, you know, uh, coping mechanisms. And while you're studying about it, research how you can support them through it. Find out what you can do and what strengths and resources that you may have that can help them out. It can be something as simple as just being an accountability partner to make sure that they're eating right or exercising daily or just being someone that they can call on to listen when they're having a moment. Sometimes the help lies in just doing nothing but being there and being present. All right, y'all, I would love to hear from you. Click on the link in the show notes to visit my website and my social media pages and send me your questions, your testimonies and your thoughts. All right, that's all the time that I have for today, but I hope that something was said during this show that helped you and that made you smile and let you know that everything is gonna be all right, okay? Grab a friend and meet us next week, same place, same time. But until then, I want you to be encouraged, be empowered, and be blessed. Peace, y'all.